I can pour it. I can pour it nicely. I can pour it with a nice head. But when the person goes, oh, from a can, you know, that's reinforcing my negative Well, maybe, maybe don't crush the can on your forehead after you've poured it. <laughs> <in the bowl. laughs> yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's where you're going wrong. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, our regular wrap of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. And joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Kierkegaard, and ace reporter and senior journalist, Claire Boom Boom Burnett. G'day, guys. Morning, Pete. Mm-hmm. Hey, Pete. How are we travelling? Oh, not too shabby. Well, yeah. we're not, are we? That's good. <laughs> no, no one's going exactly. anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> Apparently, uh, overnight, somebody sneezed, so uh, everyone's oh, been no, they're, they're, Wild. Um, Yeah, I'm, Wild. I'm, I'm not buying into that. I'm not having a go at it because I think it's, uh, you know, it, it, there's very good reasons keeping us safe. But I, I am um, very conscious that a lot of my emails, because, you know, so much of what we do in what you're just keeping in touch with brewers from around the country and you know it, it's become almost just a cut and paste you know really keen to get to melbourne really keen to get to perth really keen to get to newcastle can't wait till i have a beer with you you know like all of those sorts of just, things just and, just really not keen to uh, actually put any hard earn down or to uh, make any firm commitments because they can be uh Snatched away at a moment's notice. Yeah, well, having got caught up in Adelaide last year, you know, like that really made it realise how quickly things can change because I was home before... Well, Perth this past week when they just went, right, Perth. done, you're, you're off. And if you were, <laughs> yeah, but it, and if you were in Perth a week ago and, and, and that's the, mm. the, the, the way that it works and, you know, like it's, it, it, it's keeping it down but it is making, I mean, I, I feel really sorry, well, actually I'm, I feel sorry for myself as well because it's, it's very, very hard to make business plans um, that involve travel and so much of our mm. industry is social and you know event based and things like that and you just can't plan so anyway so to answer your question pete uh, not traveling anywhere yeah yeah no exactly but i'm feeling okay there are people out there, I know there are uh, regular listeners who uh, have, um, you know, like Super Bowl coming up this weekend and, you know, people have got parties and now all of a sudden you, uh, you can have 15 people uh, and you've all got to wear masks and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's it, it just makes life a, a little bit difficult to, um, to plan. Yeah. I well, think I'd... we're getting used to that now, though, <laughs> just being like, right, get it together, I don't, I don't you're going to have to go back to it. into it, dig out your face masks. I just think it's <laughs> funny that you regard having, you know, only having 15 people over is some sort of limitation, Pete. Why? Because you'd love. I'm that. a very social creature, man. <laughs> I, 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 those I would, of us who have lots of, who have more than 15 friends, and who would have them <laughs> over at any one time, um, feel it differently. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I've, I've got I've got 3,000 <laughs> friends on Facebook. How many do you actually regularly wow. speak Something to? Like that. <laughs> I I call them. Some of I them get are red. How do, you, how do you get time for work? <laughs> got to keep up with all your acquaintances. Yeah, that's right. Now listen, uh, let's get in amongst it so that we can get below it uh, a little bit later on, uh, perhaps a little bit quicker than we did last week. Uh, and now we cross live to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of the stories making news this week. And uh, Claire, we begin with the gift that just keeps on giving. <laughs> a uh, it's, it's brew. It's brew. It is brew. So uh, brew, um, they've announced uh, an, a new, in 
if nobody can see me, I'm air quoting here, a new focus on Australia as losses continue. Brewers announced another quarter of losses with a cash deficit of $760,000. That's just for the quarter. Uh, taking its accumulated losses since 2014 to more than $20 million. Matt wrote this one. Um, Obviously, it's a regular um, topic in the office uh, and really interesting one to follow um, from our perspective as journalists. Um, Interestingly for me, the ASX wasn't on the front foot uh, when it comes to disclosures. So there's a few things we've noticed that Brew have mentioned, for example a Chinese deal right at the beginning and that just sort of petered out and they never mentioned it again and then a new Chinese it was there's all sorts of stuff um Matt's been doing some really good um work on some uh timelines and things like that so we can sort of pin these things down um but yeah I think this is the slung and painful descent for brew uh Sorry, guys. We're going to have to follow Wait, it to the bitter end. Sorry, this is slow. the slow this and painful descent for brew. So <laughs> we're, we're, we started we're, the day they opened their doors and brewed their first beer, <laughs> and it's just sort of it's Pete. It's it, 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 it's more than when they like twenty sixteen. This is super slow mo. Fifty their, frames um, per second. This is the be- best car crash in history. <laughs> but it's it, it twenty sixteen was when they lodged their prospectus. But if you recall, before that, Kent tried to have a share ownership that was Australian only and the ASIC wouldn't allow that because that was his brand, which is odd because now if you look at the ownership or or the top 20 shareholders, there are – now, I don't know what their current nationality is, but when you look at the top uh, 20 shareholders, there are a lot of Chinese-born and uh, people over there. So I don't know whether he – uh, not, not that that matters, but you know, not to us. But well, apparently, well, no, no, it mattered to Kent. It matters to Kent <laughs> at, mm. at some stage. Um, but mate, if if you go if you go back, do you remember when? So in twenty eleven, they started giving away shares, and you would get ten shares in the company for every carton of brew that carton, you bought. Yeah. Um, so there are a whole lot of shareholders that have like twenty shares because they once bought two cartons. After that, he had a franchise model where. He tried to franchise Bruce and so you could buy in for fifty grand. And you know, if you had your own iPad, that didn't get you anything. Um, you just needed a garage that was lockable and an iPad, and he would supply two pallets of brew and a sales territory. Um, Jesus, and you became oh a, 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 a a brew franchisee with your own sales territory that you could sell brew to. Funny enough, that didn't work out. Um, but uh, well, if you throw enough mud at the wall, a lot of people, um, yeah, a, a lot of people invested in it. Well, there's a number of people invested in it. And but if you, <laughs> I can't even remember what it is. It um, if you go back through the corporate history of Brew, at one stage it was Easy Car Finance PT Ltd or something like that, <laughs> and then it changed its names to Kent, Kent, Kent One Financial, I think it was, um, and then it became Brew. So he's had a he, he, look. They do say that 90% of success is just turning up. And if Kent can turn up for another 50 or 60 years, <laughs> he might have a crack. Oh, let's but hope not. Based on the current financials, I don't think he's got another 50 or 60 mm. years. You don't think? Or his age. No offence to him. <laughs> well, he's Get my age. Thank you. Oh, that really looks Easy. my age. So. You're expecting another 50 to 60 years, are you? Like poor Captain Tom this week. Did everyone see that? I did see that. Oh, sad for Britain. 
We've pinned our hopes on a 100-year-old man, though. That's kind of what you're going to get. Mm. <laughs> um, next up is Mighty Craft. So, um, actually, this one was a bit more of a news story just before Christmas. So, I hope everyone noticed that we were going right to the bitter end, the 20, <laughs> 23rd of December or 24th, and we were, we're still no, we're going. We're nothing if not current. <laughs> well, Claire, this is tell the us thing. the up-to-date news of what happened before Christmas. Now, Peter, before you're going to get <laughs> sassy about it, um, Obviously, it was right before Christmas, and this is when they first announced it, but I thought this is really interesting, um, given a lot of discussions we've had recently about beer clubs, about customer loyalty, about saturation in the market, and how do you maintain your um, customer base, and how do you keep them loyal, basically. So, um, to delve a little bit further into it, and the detail of it, um, as you know we like to do, um, Mighty Craft has partnered with a startup called Upstreet, and that in itself is quite interesting. Um you know, Mightycraft itself is reasonably new, but again, you know, how often do you take a punt on a startup? Um, basically, they're offering fractional shares to customers, so they who spend money in their venue. So if you spend what hundred dollars, I think you get two dollars in shares. So it's fractional shares; it's tiny, tiny amount of shares. Um, the focus is on the loyalty scheme rather than something like equity crowdfunding where you're selling ownership of the business. So you, it's not a massive amount; you're never going to get like loads and loads of shares but it means that people are a bit more invested in the future of the business um in how it's going and that it's just an attempt to try and um, capture that kind of loyalty and i think it's a really interesting contrast to equity crowdfunding obviously yeah. we've seen Brewdog this past couple of weeks um and they're six days left on their equity crowdfund <laughs> although um, to be fair mighty craft <laughs> has equity crowdfunded yeah, but that's... Because they, well, they listed on the stock exchange. Yeah, yeah, in it's itself a form. A, a, a grown-up form of equity crowdfunding. Form. <laughs> I like it's just maybe a bit of, to, to coin a new phrase, sort of like feel-good finance. Is it, you're not, like it's, it's uh, you, you are contributing and, and that's that's your reward rather than sort of yeah. building a, a share portfolio <laughs> or, uh, you know, a retirement fund. Well, this is just, <laughs> well, it, it's just come to me that aren't they just doing what Brew did? Ten years ago, Th- when you said that, I was like, "Right, I'm going to have to mention that." Yeah. because I didn't realise that Kent had done that because it was a bit before my time. Well, it's funny it, it, though, but uh, even just saying it, it sounds more successful than what Brew did. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> well, it doesn't rely on people really in wanting they're, they're, shares in the business. They're doing a reverse Brew. A reverse brew, brew. <laughs> brew tried to give away shares with a carton and then listed on the stock exchange. Uh, Mighty Craft. <laughs> Bought the breweries, yeah. listed on the stock exchange, and then um, gave <laughs> well, they away don't shares. Need the investment, do they? They, well, they? They've got to have, like they, yeah. they, they lost money, but they're investing heavily in the brand, mm-hmm. which is you know again, um, just <laughs> I mean it just feels wrong to even compare I know, Mighty Craft bad, to Brew, but the, the market looks at them the same. Mm-hmm. Brew issued shares so they could get beer made, so they could sell it. Mm-hmm. And then didn't sell it for as much as it cost to sell it, based on to make it. Yeah, no, yeah, to make it. So I think they their, their last quarter they spent seven hundred and seventy seven thousand dollars under their contract brewing arrangement with CUB. Their <laughs> their um did corporate they managed to cover all the costs for that. Well, they only did two hundred sixty thousand dollars in revenue for the last quarter. Right. And then the raise of... Well, they got $150,000 from the government, presumably, in... Um, like JobKeeper. JobKeeper and stuff, and like, that, stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, but so they so the cost of selling the beer that they made was a third of mm. what it cost to run the business. Yeah. But anyway, so, so Mighty Craft, when you look at the balance sheet, there is a similarity in that 
they lost money for the quarter, mm-hmm. but they were investing in the business as opposed in to... In the growth of the business. Yeah. Like inevitably, if you're going to buy a load of breweries and then obviously be hit by COVID, you're going to make a loss. But I feel like that's a an acceptable loss. Like I feel like you can, you can justify that loss as opposed to brew. Mm. In which case, you can't. Yeah, but, <laughs> a, but, so, so, but the Minecraft model seems really interesting because, you know, whilst we, we can joke and make it seem superficially like Brew's approach, um, you know, frequent flyer points and things like that do work very well for a whole lot of businesses. In, like if you're buying petrol, as much as I hate myself a little bit for it, I will go to the service station that has the flight, you know, if, if I've got the luxury of choosing. But, like, so many shops have that now. So I'm mm. like, oh, well, I'll just dig out the fan of cards that I have and figure out which shop well, it is. But that's where, like, petrol only does it with mm. Qantas or, you know, they yeah. they do it with Virgin. So whoever your frequent flight points, you, want, you, yeah. you, you can do it. Um, and th- there is that little bit of, in, in, in an industry where things are increasingly looking the same mm-hmm. um, and the difference between brands can be hard to maintain, particularly as brands grow to national level. When you've got a portfolio business such as they've got, where you know you can buy Jetty Road, you can buy Slipstream, you can buy Hunter, um, you know, um, Foghorn. Foghorn. You know, if you can and get the same benefit for buying across that range of beers, it keeps you in their ecosystem. Absolutely. Because um, we had a bit of an expert, an academic expert in marketing on that, and she was just like, look, yeah, cashback's great, points are great, but if you can get better at a competitor, you'll probably go to the competitor. You're not loyal to the business except for what they can give you in terms of all that kind of stuff. But if you actually own a bit of the business, then you're much more likely to go back to that business regardless of whether somebody can offer you a better monetary deal on that day. Which is how, and, and you know, like it, it, it's being sold... The, the, the pitch, the, the 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 sort of emotional pitch that they're making, you know, because they did use terms like wealth creation, things like that. So, mm-hmm. like, you, you're really going to, you know, if you're going to drink enough beer to actually create wealth, I would actually be investing in, you know, like dialysis machines and things <laughs> like that because that's where you're actually going to be creating real demand. Whereas, you know, and I, and I don't know if we've got um, BrewDog, but, I mean, BrewDog is a little bit betwixt and between. They're saying own the company, but then it's also mm-hmm. a company that, you know, is a, is a hype-based venture where you get to go to the AGM and you sort of get all of these great benefits and things like that. So it seems to be a little bit of all of those things put in. Speaking of BrewDog, Claire, you mentioned their fundraising. Is there a, do we have an, up, an update on that? We do. Um, BrewDog's crowdfunding, as of five minutes ago, is cur- was currently at four hundred thirty-one thousand five hundred. Um, so they've surpassed their minimum of three hundred grand, but not anywhere close to the maximum, which was ten grand. Uh, yeah, ten, grand, 10, 10, ten million. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and yeah, I've, I've been trying to you know ever since this launched, um, and we sort of said, oh look, you know, would you like to speak to Martin or James? And I went, yeah, I'd love to speak to Martin or James been following up um to have a chat um mm-hmm. because because they've been very silent on this particular well you know they've also because they've got an open crowd fund in in the uk you know they they're they're put, putting about america so you know when i caught up with ed recently on the podcast um it just didn't seem right to sort of talk about equity crowdfunding just from a brisbane point of view and you know he's and it hadn't been a, it wasn't over yet or anything by that point and it wasn't either, over so. and it's, it's still not but yeah. um so it just sort of seemed to get the wider brew dog perspective um but you know seven days and look i, I, I maybe all the big be, investors are waiting for the last you know 
maybe they'll, you know, maybe jump like, in late. Like a deadline, like a <laughs> that's right, oh, right? Five minutes to deadline. That do well, that's not bad. That's nearly nearly half a million. That's that's a lot better than a lot of others who have had a crack. True, Which although we think it's you know, it's just that dog. Yeah. Well, it, it's yeah, like it, it, it's not that but, much. But this is also the third or fourth round, isn't it? No, it's the oh, first round in Australia, in Australia, and this is only in Australia, so you can only yeah. get these shares. But, but how many other, how many people who who may have uh, been keen to invest are already have already done the equity crowd funding or equity for punks? Say so I've already I've already invested in the the main brand. I don't need to also invest in the. the oh, Australian. like they've done the well, other. Well, but, but to right, find a lot because I don't think you know there is a significant subset. There is a subset of people. Who would invest in Australia that may have because they're craft beer nerds, mm-hmm. but the strength of the Brewdog brand supposedly is that it reaches outside of the noise of the craft the beer, beer bubble. bubble. Yeah, okay. um, yep. no, and, fair cool. You know, and, and look um, to to just sort of look at figures. Um, they're yet to break half a mil. They were paid eight hundred thousand dollars from the Queensland government, and I'm not sure whether it was once or year on year. So, you know... Originally to support local breweries, wasn't it? Well... <laughs> well... <laughs> well we, 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 that's yeah. what they said. We, if we want to talk They're about that, that might Glasgow be... not from Glasgow in Queensland. <laughs> that might be a below-the-fold conversation. Yes, um, we'll mention that. And then we can also mention how Matt got quoted in the Sydney Morning Herald because he's our celebrity beer pundit. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I see Matt's name and he hasn't told me about it, Esteemed like, beer historian. <laughs> um, Claire, good Hello. news, good drinks. Um, it is indeed. Thank you, Pete, for getting us back on track. Uh, good drinks, owner of Gage Roads. Uh, they've extended their Optus Stadium contract, so um, that'll see them supply all their range, their portfolio range, including San Miguel, um, to Optus in Perth until 2028. So that's a massive extension. Um, Because it's only two years years old, isn't it? Yeah, it's only two years old. So obviously they did a little test. So the first deal was two years and then suck it and see. Exactly. And then they were like, right, this is working out. This is doing well. So let's do it. But what caught my eye on this one is that um, under the new deal, the company will become the exclusive provider um, and Good Drinks will provide volume rebates and sponsorship fees. Doesn't that sound familiar? Rebates? Uh, Good commercial... Uh, arrangements or are we t- or um, I just think it's uh, quite interesting uh, when I see a re- um, a, an independent craft brewery doing rebates um, considering how much we've discussed it in the past year or so. You may have to explain that to me and to maybe some of our listeners. So Gage has like, like the porridge rights in, yep. in various venues yep. within the Optus Stadium Yes, yeah, so they have, have their own bars and things like that all branded up. Yeah, but um, then the other yeah. ones is it, is it, so the, the presumably they're not paying a rebate to themselves. So is the rebate if there's a another uh, nightclub or a bar or a you know sports bar or whatever it might be who doesn't have to, they're they're given a, an incentive to also stock Gage Roads beer. Is that um, how it works? No, I was thinking it was, and I'll absolutely clarify this um, with the team. But how I understood it is that. Um, Basically, Good Drinks will supply Venues Live, which operates Optus, with all their beverages across the across the thing. And if they sell a certain amount, then they get a rebate, so they get money back. Right. Okay. That's how I understood that. So you do well, we all do well, kind of thing. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. And, and I wonder is that is that maybe COVID influenced in terms of well, what if they all of a sudden we've got uh, yes, we're allowed to have the football, but only half the number of. 
I uh, think it's pretty standard. I don't think it's COVID related. I think it's pretty standard in a venue like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'd have to look into it a little but bit. But they further. seem to be doing pretty well at it. I can't remember in, but in a, any, I mean, anyone who's interested in the actual hard facts um, can go back to our previous reporting on the matter. Um, but they reported separately their brand in hand strategy volume versus their retail strategy for one of better because like I think they sell the beer you know if not at cost you know just at the cost of production and you know um, without the margin on it to the stadium seeing it as a chance to get their beer exposed to a captive audience um, you know of, of beer drinkers and it, look it was I, I'm Thinking 1.2 million liters of their 8 million liter volume, but it, that seems a little bit high. So, but it was certainly a significant. It was their brand in hand volume was, you know, um, the equivalent of a number of small regional craft breweries put together. So it's a pretty substantial um, deal, and it is a way to get people to try the try the beer. And that's obviously not just Optus. No, but, but don't forget too that uh, Gage also has, you know, we, we say, oh, you know, they've got a captive audience, but you've also got another uh, West Australian-based fairly large brewer who's got a presence not far from, the, you know, just outside the stadium who, you know, might capture some of the the drinking dollar on the way to Optus. Um, so perhaps there's a, a little bit of a thinking that we need to make sure that we're incentivising people to come in and drink here. I don't think selling it to the stadium cheaper means... Sports goers get a better deal on the beer. <laughs> I, 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 the I, options I think, there, Matt. I don't like your pessimism. You're glass <laughs> half empty no, no, today. No, mate, I, go. I, I still think <laughs> that there is a guy at the bar rifling through their pockets to make sure that every cent is squeezed out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and but as we've talked about on the podcast previously, Pete. Any events, you know, like you've got this massive infrastructure that is used, you know, once a week, um, and they need you know all of the maintenance and stuff like that. Sporting stadiums, you know, event spaces are expensive to to, to run, and so anyone who just goes this cost, you know, this, this schooner of beer is costing me nine bucks. I could buy it outside for six bucks. Isn't looking at the the you know the the, the business underpinning. What you're getting for your nine bucks? Yeah. No, that's right. Cool. But no, the, no, the, the, the interesting thing about the bar outside the stadium is that you can sit there knocking back eight percent double IPAs and then go to the football but be restricted to drinking mid-strength beers in the stadium. And then you can, you know, sort of duck out at half-time, <laughs> load up and go back in only to drink, you know, because... Is that what going to can't... a game we use like, is it, Matt? No, <laughs> no, but I'm sure, I'm sure there is a percentage of people who <laughs> equate alcohol with, uh, you know... Mm-hmm. The, the best aspect of beer. And Claire, Matt only usually goes to the uh, cricket, like you know, as a as a guest of um, you know, perhaps a, a member or something like that. And uh, <laughs> shout out to Joe Deep. He's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see. Was he able to do his his tour every I mean, time yeah. the Indian? I saw a lot of cricket uh, team comes uh, out. And, and for, for for listeners, we're talking. Didn't about see you the at the Gabba, Matt. Head brewer of um, actually, I don't know what Joe. CUB. Well, uh, yeah, he I, was. But I, I, I don't yeah. know that he's still the CUB head brewer because I think he's a promoter. But um, yeah. an absolute cricket uh, tragic, and he does follow the uh, Indian team around uh, when, when they travel. And uh, no, I, I, I didn't get there under the current COVID restrictions. Oh, 
Mate, I, I haven't received corporate hospitality uh, at, at, a, at a sporting oh, game for... Oh, cry me a river, you. At least five... <laughs> that's it. Since the last time India was out. No, well, yeah, I think that was the last time. But that, that was a personal thing. It wasn't a corporate thing. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Um, but I, I was invited to... Uh, just a lovely bloke. Fun fact, I was invited to State of Origin uh, in Brisbane last year, but I was subject to lockdown. Um, oh, yeah, I go. remember that. And oh, we forgot about Sam because we were going to ask Sam if he wanted That's to. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, oh, to Sam. Um, sorry, now, this next one, I'm really keen on this story. Not because it's uh, look, it's a great story and it's very newsworthy, but just given uh, the struggles, the, the stumbles that uh, Claire has had over a couple of words, I'm just keen to see how she pronounces some of the uh, items of our next story, Claire. <laughs> how rude. Um, thankfully, the lovely people at Woolgulga Brewing Company <laughs> on the Coast Coast uh, actually trained me in this. Because I, uh, I said to them, guys, I can't pronounce this. Can you, sh- can you train me? So they were very kind, and they did. Um, so this little next one, just a nice little. Um, it's a nice little collaborative one. I like it. Um, so Mornington Peninsula founder <laughs> Matt Beebe is uh, consulting to a new uh, New South Wales startup brewery uh, called the Woolgulga Brewing Company, um, Whoopi for short, uh, on the Coffs Coast. Uh, in northern New South Wales. So actually, this is the sort of brainchild of Sarah and Ryan Poole, who were in the Mornington Peninsula and did a lot of consulting on the operational stuff at the Mornington Peninsula Brewery with Matt um, and its former head brewer, um, AG, Andrew Gow. So I think it was a really nice one just because about it's about local investment. They got loads of local business people, local families to invest in this um, new brewery. It's opening mid-2021, um, particularly in light of uh, the move towards more regional towns like this. So obviously we saw Jetty Road doing quite a big U-turn um, and moving in lo- into Lawn instead of um, the big C- Melbourne CBD um venue that they were going for uh so i think this is just a testament to um local growth uh the rise of the regional brew pub and um obviously an industry veteran like matt backing it is a really interesting uh, angle as well so yeah that was a nice little one good yeah and a a brewery or is it a a brew brew pub pub, yeah 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 yeah. so a similar kind i I would imagine that it would be you know given the, the success of mornington peninsula brewery um you know, so early on uh, that that hospitality part of it was was very much, um, you know, an integral part of what what made it the success that it was. Mm-hmm. Exactly, um, and it was a bit of a side note, but Matt is obviously doing Tar Barrel now. But does anyone know what the relationship with Tar Barrel and Morning? It, I didn't look into it because it wasn't the main point of the article. That they're still in the same. The way I read it was that Matt basically uh, leased back the old, the, because the the small, so Mornington Potential Brewery um, started in an old, a factory that used to make exploding golf balls, you know, <laughs> no, novelty golf that. balls, um, but a fairly small. <laughs> Sorry, some some breweries who, who got that start are now making exploding beer cans. Yeah, the oh, Mornington's, oh, not, Mornington's yeah. not one of them. No, we should point out. And hello <laughs> yes, to so we're very, very good friends of that tribe. Um, but then they uh, moved around the corner uh, to build a large production brewery and then, and then kept Mornington, the original, the smaller one, as the, you know, the consumer-facing uh, experience of the brand, if you like. So the, you know, the, the uh, wood-fired pizza and uh, tap room. Tribe obviously then bought Mornington Peninsula Brewery. That gave them a great uh, volume capacity in terms of the production brewery, but not really a great need for the for the small one. So my understanding is that Matt has leased back the original 
the small brewery to do like a a, a, a smaller you know boutique ah, project. And that's Tarbell, right? Okay, yep, that makes much. Which is Tarbell, yeah. Okay, there we go. And then Hop Nations bought the other one, isn't that right? The other other site. Uh, Hop Nations bought something from Tribe. <laughs> it was a while ago now, in the midst of my. We'll memory. have to go back. Yeah. Back well, in the Tribe closed. So Tarbell was the original brewery. They then expanded to a production brewery. Tribe came in and bought Mornington. They built their big New South Wales production brewery, closed down the Mornington production brewery. Uh, yeah. ah. Mornington beer is now produced in Goldburn. Um, and uh, Matt went back uh, to you know, operate Tar Barrel as his um, personal venture. Um, but it, it, everything out of Tar Barrel is still produced by Mornington Peninsula under the agreement, I believe. And if you look at Mornington's, like Low Alk Beer and things like that, um, they all have the street address for Tar Barrel um, with the produced for um, Mornington Peninsula Brewery at the Tar Barrel address. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, thank I you for it. that, guys. Yep, yeah, nice little bit of background. It's very complex, that one. It is, it? yes. Speaking of cryptic, now, Claire, this last one, I thought, uh, this isn't really a, is this a story? But um, an interesting one to finish off with. Hit us with one more. Yeah, so um, we, last year, uh, again, going back into the midst of time, uh, advertised a gluten-reduced beer brand, contract brewing brand called Sick Puppy. And I'm not going to lie to you, I was a bit pessimistic. I didn't think it would get bought by anyone. I'm not going to lie to you. But it got bought, um, and it got bought by a couple of financial planners, and they're taking it on. They're going to ramp it back up over in WA and hopefully get over to Queensland. Um, mainly because I thought about it was about the ongoing popularity of gluten-reduced beers, um, but also the, the professionalisation of the industry, which is something that's been really interesting to me, just following it and seeing who's getting involved. Like, the guys at Hemingway's, they're, like, professional, like, financial top-level corporate-type guys, and they've taken um, on Hemingway's. These guys are financial planners. They did more of a small business kind of thing, and they thought we just wanted a friendlier industry. They they were quite negative about the financial planning and um, small business consultancy industry, and we thought we just they just said they wanted a, a friendly industry, a nicer industry to go in, and obviously one that they see to be doing quite well, and I just didn't think that... A, professional financial planners would take upon on an industry that they didn't believe in they didn't think they'd make any money in um so i think well, particularly it a very niche like it's oh, not yes. even gluten free this niche, is gluten yeah. regi- reduced exactly. isn't it yeah exactly so i thought and that was sick a puppy, little... does, who, who does sick puppy who does that appeal to um yeah sick puppies <laughs> i think it was about how you get sick if you drink too much beer normal beer <laughs> so right. if you're not a sick puppy then you should drink sick puppy. Beer. But if you're a celiac and you, you drink gluten reduced beer, you'll end up a sick puppy. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, good luck. To, and look, the the um uh, the road to where we are today is is I won't say littered with, but it's uh, filled with stories of people who um you know came from the IT industry mm-hmm. in, in Exit's case, and it was kind of like you know now we want to do something different. So it's bringing those. Uh, those skills in terms of business skills that you learned um, and combining it with your passion. So it, it has happened before where people have um, p- perhaps not to the same, you know, uh, I, I guess in a professional standard of, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. But I like that, the professionalisation of the industry. It's a, that's a cool term. Nice one. Well, that, that'll be yeah. it for the news. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> no worries. Thank you very much, Claire.
Now, support for this episode comes from Scar Fabricating, just before we move on. Scar Fabricating builds reliable automated packaging line equipment that is handcrafted to make life easier for breweries and their production teams. If you're a brewer looking for the best way to get your product out of your tap room and into the hands of your customers, Scarfab has you covered with a wide range of depalletizers, custom conveyance, date coating, rinsing, drying systems, and a whole lot more. Scarfab specializes in helping breweries of all sizes to get their beer from keg to can. To find out more about how Scarfab can help you sell more beer, visit scarfabricating.com today. That's scar, S-K-A, fabricating.com to get started today. And interestingly, Matt, um, the, the, the copy reads, uh, and I'll just go back to it, uh, getting their beer from keg to can. No, no mention of bottles. Um, how long? How long ago did it was? I, I bring that up because I, I, there was a lot of um, interest in your story that you dragged out from what was it eight years ago, <laughs> mate? How, how about we uh, save that for below the fold? In that case, it's time for mailbag. All letter writers will receive a Deb Lou Bakes cookie and go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, and they'll probably be in cans, uh, who sponsor our letter of the week. Um, don't forget, you can subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or if Matt found that link, did you, Matt, for the uh, where you can review us on other than Apple Podcasts? I haven't. I've got to go back and find it. Sorry. Cool. Um, it costs nothing, um, but it does help other beer lovers to discover the podcast and, um, you know, share the love. Um you can also join our Facebook group, which is very popular, and and it is genuinely one of the uh, joys of my life at the moment. Uh, just search Radio Brews News and use the password uh, soapbox. Claire, what's in the mailbag Ooh. this week? Right, here we go. Uh, so Lee of Ekebin says, Hi, gang. Thank you very much for your top podcast of the Gab's Top 100. It gets better every year. Just wanted to know if the story is true that Donald Trump has asked Fair to go out and find the missing postal votes as his beer obviously won but was never mentioned. <laughs> ah, Donald. It was huge. He surprisingly very doesn't huge. come up on this podcast very much. And he didn't, well, obviously not now, but he didn't last year. We didn't mention podcast. him. But he's so jokeable. So meme-worthy. He is. <laughs> um, okay, and we've got a few Apple reviews as well, actually, um, which is very nice because I know we've we've been... Been going for a few. Yeah, we're, we're banging on about it. So, <laughs> so rate underscore one two three four says love this podcast five stars five stars everyone uh, love the variety of topics discussed well done guys yeah the variety so sometimes we sometimes we talk about brew sometimes about abac <laughs> sometimes about brew sometimes about brew dog sometimes about brew but can I, and, and can I say that all letter writers we actually have we, we've actually had somebody who said look I, I noticed you haven't been sending out bar blades. I want to make a bar blade for you. Um, so, yeah. So uh, we, we've actually got new, very, very, very sexy bar blades. That if you send Ooh. us a letter, where are um, they? I want one. Uh, well, he sent me a demo, uh, um, and, and, and I'll also say um, Emery from Thirsty Merch. Is this a new prototype? Is this a new style? It is a new, it's a new style. So even if you've got one, we will send you a new one of the new series because they are fantastic looking. Throw that off away. We're going to replace it with a nicer one. Well, no, keep keep. No, because the other ones are great. Not one, yeah, because exactly. Right. Upcycle it. Um, cool. Anywho, another person 
who will be receiving the like Peg426. Uh, another five stars. Informative and entertaining. The one-stop shop for all news Australian beer and brewing. The new, new format is to the point for the time-poor brew enthusiast. Well, the first half above the fold is anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or we're trying to make it. It's had a good <laughs> response, the above the fold, below the fold. Um, it has, actually. It, we're 36 yeah. minutes and we, we've done the news. And I, I just wanted to do one more um, of letter of the week um, that's very germane. Because do you want to know what's better than an iTunes review? Ooh, what's better than an iTunes An email that starts <laughs> like this. Um, and I'm not going to name the, the, the business because I'm not sure that people want to actually be named for, for this sort of thing. Hi, Matt. Can you please generate an invoice or whatever is best for you for a bruised use donation from X? I listen to the pods regularly and just want to transfer some money over for the great work that you, Pete, and Claire and others do. If you can make out an invoice for X dollars, that would be great. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't it? Thank Isn't you. It? So, mystery, mystery brewer, and, and it is a brewing business. Thank you very, very much because you know, that is incredibly humbling, uh, as we said, and it's also incredibly helpful in making sure that we're able to keep doing this and not, not go chasing the popular opinions and the, you know, the, 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 the popular stories that everyone loves their own little bit of them in because this is a brewery that I don't think we've ever done a story on or anything like that, but they and, and that's the way that we operate. So that's why I want to throw that in. So thank you very much. And I did receive one too um, off the books uh, from Phil Dempster down at uh, Borough Brewing, uh, and I've just sent it to you, Matt, because it's a um, a two panel. Uh, cartoon. Uh, hey Pete, uh, thought of, I scrolled past this little ripper and thought of you. So uh, if you can include that in the uh, in the show notes, but it's quite. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do that. Yes, no, very funny. It's uh, for yep. for those who are listening. It's Noah looking at a whole lot of animals, um, and then the next panel in the ark. Yeah, in, in the ark, um, and they're all labelled IPA, stout, pastry, soured, milkshake, dry hop, barrel aged, um, and then he's pointing to you. Know, um, what is essentially an amalgam, an animal that's an amalgam of all of them. So it's got a trunk ooh, and it's got spots ooh. and a tail and, yeah, so... It, it's basically, yeah, crossbred all of those... A beer designed by a committee, to paraphrase a... a <laughs> that's game. right. So I'll, I'll put that in yeah. the show notes. Cool. Excellent. Uh, Rellings label stickers and packaging are able to not just supply labels for your cans or bottles, but they can also supply printed or blank cartons. They can supply can trays, dap, tap decals, barcodes, shrink sleeves, already applied to empty beer cans ready for filling. Um, they often get asked, well, where would the brewery buy a shrink sleeving machine to apply the sleeves to the cans? But this, it, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Um, the cans come to your door palletised and ready to fill, nothing more to do. So call the guys at Rellings label stickers and packaging on 1300 852 235 to discuss further. See what happens when we don't have an ABAC <laughs> We don't have ABAC, yeah. What are we do? The, that sounded like an ad, Pete. Are we, are we <laughs> taking money from people to... <laughs> Don't tell no, anyone. we're not at all, Matt. They all make <laughs> donations. And some of the people who do make donations and we thank every week are Cryomalt, Scar Fabricating, Rellings Label Stickers Packaging and Beer Cartel for making all this possible. If you need to get uh, back to uh, mashing in or uh, kegging or bottle washing, whatever it is that you got to do, uh, thanks very much for joining us. If you want to hang around for God knows how long of um, <laughs> absolute drivel, um, now's the time to do it. But... Uh, Thank you very much for joining us, uh, and we're out. And now we're back. (laughs) Welcome to Below the Fold. Matt, let's start with um, uh, David Henderson, I believe, in the Facebook group. Um, I can't remember where I heard this. Uh, (laughs) Something about non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, there you go. Shall shall I read you out? Do you want me to read you out? Go for it. Go for it. Day two of my February fast, and I found the most satisfying beer that's a non-alcoholic beer 
blank non-alcoholic beer, that is the Heaps Normal XPA. It showed fresh, fruity aromas. It has lifted my hopes of what else is out there to explore for the rest of February. Hoppy days to come. Oh. And Matt, this prompted, uh, I guess, your hobby horse at the moment of... would you drink it if it, if you weren't doing Feb fast? Right, it's not a hobby horse. It is just a genuine question because ultimately, to me, that's a test. We've got so much. There's so much discussion about low alcohol. You know, we've just done dry January, um, which rolls into Feb fast. I saw somebody um, posting Off the back of October for, for Mar- but March. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure um, Fair and the Anti Alcohol um, Crusaders. Now, there's a name for a band for you. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Love it. Are, are actually behind this. They're, they're, they're trying to come up with a catchy name for an alcohol free every month. If they were going to do it, that's the way I'd do it. Yeah, like, make, make it fun. It, yeah, make it a little like don't a gimmicky make it thing. Scary. Yeah, make don't make it, it horrible and boring. Gamify it. But anyway, yeah. um, and, and, and David, look, David posted it, and I'm, you know, I, I did a very um, dry but dampish um, January myself, just a moist. Um, um, (laughs) Matt's just cringing at that. (laughs) Well, yeah, anyway. um, How did you go? How did you go? You've done all right, haven't you? I did okay. Mm -hmm. I did okay. Um, But I I enjoy a beer. (laughs) I enjoyed it. And this is my problem also. Like, me and my other half not drinking during the week, or trying not to drink during the week, and I'm not going to do a January, February, anything like that. Just try and not do that ever again. But it's actually quite hard. It's really hard, especially when you are invited to a brewery or mm. your mate's going out on a Wednesday or something like that. Or, or just hard. when everybody wants to have a yeah. meeting in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was when, and, and that was why I asked David the question. It was a very, like it wasn't pushing a barrow. It wasn't, um, you know, flogging a dead horse. It was, I tried to do it. And when I went to um, Brewski or when even when I went to Brewdog um, to catch up with people, they push, oh, Brewski didn't, but Brewdog do, and I was given some Brewdog beers. They were very well made. You know, they were interesting flavours. They tasted beerish. But my approach to it was I'm still sitting here drinking empty calories. Um, and so for me, there wasn't really a use case. Um, hot water. Um, it, you know, I'm not selling <laughs> hot water, but that was my solution because mm-hmm. I love the flavour, but it's zero calories, zero, you know, carbs, mm-hmm. all of that sort of thing. That was my thing. So that was why when David posted that, he was really positive and supportive of the beer that he tried. And I was kind of like, well, that's great when you're doing FebFast, but if you weren't doing this, would you approach it with this? And, and the, the next question then is, would you, if, if you were doing it for a month um, regularly, would you choose this over other products? Um, because As opposed to just having that finite amount of time where, oh, I only have to switch for this month. So yeah, because I mean, ultimately that's what a consumer, like, a, a, you know, we're, we're in the birth early hype phase of low alcohol as a category that brewers are embracing. So you can't... Uh, and th- this is the other reason why I ask these questions because I'm not your standard consumer. My social media feed is skewed towards the things that I have clicked on and I've researched and I've Googled, which is alcohol-free beer. So I'm being constantly served up and I can see that there is so much mainstream coverage from every click-driven online website, you know, the, the, the broadsheets, the urban lists, the, the, the people who want to have 
a, a story that meets that Google thing. Yeah. So I'm, what, I'm getting twenty best alcoholic beers, twenty best alcoholic beers, and all of those sorts of things. And <laughs> yeah. so we're, we're in that phase where everything is being written about. It's distorted, and people are trialing. Um, and then the, the trialing phase said, "Yeah, alcohol-free beer is up by." Five hundred percent, because five hundred people tried one beer. You know, yeah, it's from a it's astronomically large, but from a tiny base. That's yep. the thing. Yep, totally and skewing it. My own experience is one data point, but I'm trying to ask, and and this is where like our Facebook group, particularly, are really informed, thoughtful people, and it's kind of like, okay, you've tried it, you think it, you know. You've gone beyond, well, it's not terrible, which is what a lot of people have said, would you drink it if you didn't have to? Um, and, 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 and to me, that is the test whether there is going to be longevity to the category as opposed to just to, you know, because low-carb beers um, on, on some ways appealed to the same fitness trend. Um, Does this share similarities, do you think, uh, to if you go back 20 years to, I guess, when IPAs first started appearing and we, you know, uh, there was a market for it or there was a perceived market for it, that market clearly has grown in the same way that people are, brewers are hoping that um, the non-alcoholic beer category grows or the demand grows um we had it, the different techniques but then we can you know, come up with different sub styles and that sort of thing are we kind of playing at the moment with different types of both ways to uh, whether you dilute whether you you know um, stall the yeast whether you use especially whether you vacuum the um alcohol out there's a whole lot of different techniques that are some of which are available to all brewers and some which are only available to those who have the specific equipment um so is, is it a similar kind of thing is this you know the the 2021 version of, you know, 1985 um, IPA. Look, I, I, I like the analogy. I think it's a little bit different. I think we're in the stage now where hype drives the um, trial and, you know, and, and masks the, you know, when everybody is saying this is the next thing, then, you know, like you, 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 you've got the fog of war. You can't actually see where the battle's going because you can just... Is that partly driven, do you reckon, by the fact that there's 700 breweries now versus 150 back when, um, you know, IPAs were sort of... And, and everybody that's jumped on traction. the zero-alcohol bandwagon who are early adopters are trying to create a market for it. Yeah. You know, um, I would distinguish a little bit from IPA because... Create a market or, or are they responding to a market demand? Well, that, that's what I don't know. And, 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 and that's why that question, you know, the, the questions that I yeah. ask are designed to try and work out are the people that have made it trying to fuel a market and drive trial and thus create demand yep. or was there latent demand? Because, you know, like I saw in Brisbane, once bars started, you know, having been saying craft beer is awesome, craft beer is awesome, suddenly bars started putting craft beer on and you had the scratches and you had the archives and there was a genuine latent demand for craft beer in all its many forms. Um, to take your point about IPAs, I was always you know, a little bit doubtful about IPAs when IPAs were going through that bitterness arms race because brewers were going and... you know, More is more. Yeah, yeah because people loved hops... Um, and it was hops that really kicked off craft beer in, in, in Australia, you know, through the little creatures. It was the, the, the hop thing that made people say, hey, beer is different. I love this character. And to some extent, I feel that the industry saw what was going on in the US with IPAs, thought IPAs, it's a bitterness arms race. Um, and, you know, I, my personal experience was 
bitterness is something that we don't naturally embrace and there was the hype element of IPAs where people almost drank their bitter IPAs through clenched teeth and I and that, that was where I, like yeah. I always used to say it was an experience <laughs> not a pleasure it yeah. was like abseiling you endured it you didn't enjoy it. it you endured it because it was the thing to do and to, to be honest, that's where I, I sort of think it's funny that IPAs have now morphed into things that are so sweet and lacking in bitterness under the same name because yeah. I, I see the, the evolution is people actually don't like bitterness in beer and it's always been the, the thing holding beer back and suddenly the industry has gone, well, I'll tell you what, let's give hop aroma and give hops but not in a bitter form. And because bitterness is so challenging, we're going to really sweeten it and we're going to make um, lollified versions of, IP, or, you know, of of beer so you can get all of the cool cred that comes with drinking beer, but none of the n- nasty stuff that actually comes from it in its purest form. Um, and, and, and that's where I think it's a little bit funny. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah. but uh, you know, and, and I don't know whether alcohol-free beer is actually because of the lactose and the sweetness is a subset of that or whether mm. it's because, to me, it's being sold as a health alternative. But you're going, well, you just chow I think down too, Matt, that There is still also a little bit of that one-and-done mentality that we've created. Um, so I think a lot of people are also, oh, I'm going to try that. Oh, I'm going to try that. Oh, there's something, you, you know... Uh, without necessarily wanting to, you know, incorporate it into their, because I don't think people have a, a portfolio anymore. I don't think people have a, um, or, a, you know, like a, a beer schedule. Fun, but see, nice. see, funnily enough, that's where I think that alcohol-free beer is actually a potential saviour of the of, of the brewing industry or the craft beer industry if they do make it something that breaks through and people will drink it. Because, and, and I'm guilty of it myself, you know, um, some of my beer advocate you know catchphrases when you're on radio telling people try craft beer you know craft beer is a, you know, it, it's about flavor not effect was one of the things that i found myself saying over and over and over again knowing in the back of my head well you can't build a brewery unless we make craft beer more expensive per unit it's not a business model um there, there isn't a business model in craft beer because the whole beer business is geared on low cost high consumption which is the antithesis of a healthy mindset, you know. Yeah. You, and 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 you know, and, and that was where like you had guys like um, Chuck Hahn on our early podcast going, you know, our James Squire model is basically we 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 need to knock off the raw edges because people you can't build a business in beer based on having one and I'm done. You know, you need yeah, to people make sitting it, there nursing a pint all night, and we come up with these nice little um. You know, it's sessionable. Um, you know, it's, it's a healthy way of saying it's smashable. Yeah, smashable. Or it's you know, it's quenching. Um, and you go, well, actually, quenching means that you're satisfied. You're satisfied. Mm. Yeah. So all all of these nice little things to hide the fact. And and the dirty secret in in in, in the brewing industry is that if you actually create a beer that does the thing that makes the, the beer industry for a whole host of historical reasons is a volume based. It's a fast moving consumer good. Wine isn't seen as a fast-moving consumer good. And if you have a really, really successful wine that is a limited thing, the price goes up because a premium wine has much more price elasticity because you've got this demand in it than a premium beer. A premium beer is just a beer that you can get $5 a carton more for, but people still drink a shitload of it um, 
you know, it, it, it's really, really hard to build a brewing brand based on on hype. Um, and, 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 and that's where, like, I'm a bit of a hypocrite for saying that, you know, hype is bad in beer because hype is what, you know, drives the beer geeks to actually spend 30 bucks on a four-pack of beer that makes that model sustainable. Um, well, is, is hype the bad thing or is, is hype in and of itself? If, if hype is what you're selling rather than using hype to get people to try a quality product. No, but, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's and like, that's I think where, you're giving hype a bad name. I'm, I'm, yeah, you're allowed a little bit of hype. Of your, yeah, hype shit canning. <laughs> no, I'm not. But, but that's that's where sometimes I think you know I, I overexplain because I'm misunderstood. I'm not saying hype is bad. I'm not saying lactose is bad. I'm not saying when everybody jumps on the same hype, then you essentially kill it. Um, you know because everyone's doing it. You know there is no barrier to entry to the latest hype thing. But everyone is jealous of anyone's success in an area, and they all jump on it. Um, so it kills itself, um, you know. And you know, ultimately, we if all of these craft breweries are going to survive, they can't all be making a pastry stout um, because that. Look at the the beer market; it is so far in the margins that if you've got seven hundred breweries jumping on the same thing, you, you you're actually um, killing the hype and bringing the the value out of that thing, but it's just the natural business cycle. And the the, the more that breweries imitate and don't innovate, um, the more that they you know, it it, it and then the the more that they innovate that they they imitate and don't innovate, the more that they kill the successful breweries. Um, you know. Uh, and the the successful breweries in innovation don't really get rewarded for their innovation because they just get copied. Um, and when everyone's copying, you can't be the original, so you compete on price. Everyone else is competing on price. It kills the margin. Um, you know, like it, it, it's just that 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 business cycle. Um, but ultimately, the brewing industry's gravity is that it is seen by the broader beer by the broader beer consumer as being a low-cost, high-consumption model that in the current health phase is bad. If brewers can embrace and create a genuine market for zero-alcohol beer that people will sit and drink six, seven, eight, you know, lolly waters, you know, sorry, that's something that is a calorie-laden drink that has no alcohol, then there is a margin for it. But I don't, you know... The, yeah, then brewers can... They're also going to see it, Matt, as, as something that uh, is not going to take away from their beer business. So if you bring out another... If you bring out a sour all of a sudden, you go, well, maybe people who used to drink uh, my lager will now drink my sour instead. So I'm not actually increasing unless I can yeah. increase the You're profit margin on it. You're sales. Yeah, <laughs> whereas the, the, the seltzer and non-alcoholic is the first time we've really had an opportunity, uh, other than cider, or since cider, because cider was like, you know, was often seen as the drink that the the non-beer, you know, I don't really like beer, well, here yeah. we have a cider as well. So you're more likely to then turn up to the tap room or buy a six-pack when your partner buys their six-pack, whatever it might be. Yeah, but I mean, the, the dirty secret in, in, in alcohol is that if you create a product that someone will sit and drink 10 of, you've, you, you're, you've smacked it out yeah. of the park you're from a business a sense, yeah. but also it's unhealthy. Um, you know, and because like, you, um, you know, sorry, yep. sports fans, but you can't sit and drink 
10 beers every night and stay healthy and fit and lean and you know and get up the next day and function well you know and 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 that's the the great you can you just got to sprint like a bastard instead of going for a walk <laughs> yeah Jimmy anyway. Gold does it yeah, that's <laughs> right but, no. but he doesn't because you listen to him talk yeah. about his relationship with alcohol mm. and you, you and that's the the interesting chat that's happening online is people talking about their relationship with alcohol mm. in negative yeah. terms and, and I've we're even actually spoken saying, to at least two brewers in the past couple of weeks that have said yeah I'm not drinking alcohol anymore yeah and I was like uh really could you brew it <laughs> and they might might test it might have like a sip at the end of the brewing say if it tastes all right that's what they wanted etc but they won't be drink going out drinking they won't stay at the the bar and drink all night or whatever and I think that cultural thing is really interesting the fact that we are accepting that actually yeah alcohol isn't good it's not good for you we do it because we enjoy it not because we know it's good for you and that's why coming up with alternatives like non-alcoholic alcoholic kombucha seltzers whatever you want to do that's a way for us to number one accept that and number two try and make money off it that's why i'd love that there is this discussion going on about you know it's called my relationship with alcohol and it's the industry people in the industry who are talking about it because the more that the industry talks honestly about these things the less space there is for fair to run their you know the the anti-alcohol mob to run their fear base because i'm a firm believer that if you honestly embrace the negatives and look at the negatives around alcohol then you can also talk about the positives and the positives are that in moderate amounts um it does make us more sociable or it does contribute to more sociability and you've got researchers like um, my favorite professor dunbar and dunbar's number and 150 is the most people that we can actually you know if you look at army units if you look at um you know early nomadic civilizations if you look uh, the, the number that most um humanoid groups fun- function at is less than 150 for command and control, for you know cohesiveness and things like that, um, and so we've almost evolved to have a, a smaller group than we actually have to function at in modern society. And his philosophy is that alcohol and and the lowering of you know um, our threshold for trust and things like that. Means we can put up with the humans. Well, essentially, it's not quite that that base, but it's it's allowed us to. It helps us to tolerate each other. (laughs) Yeah, well, but but it's it it, it, because yeah, there are a whole lot of things that you know not break down, but we need to lower our barriers in order. You know, nobody would go to the Christmas party. Um, you know, in, 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 do, in a yeah. big business, if it was alcohol free, yeah. because there are all of these people that you so have to get awkward, on with. Yeah, yeah that you that wouldn't you have to necessarily choose to hang out with outside of work. And that's a joking thing. And that's you know, like you know, it, 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 it's a little bit like the the analogy for that I've I've looked at is um, you know, whenever they say you know there are so many hospital admissions for alcohol, yeah, there are. Mm-hmm. Look at how many hospital admissions there are for people that get trapped under barbells at. Um, gyms, people that sprain their ankle running, people who have heart attacks while they're running, all of these things. But no one is saying we shouldn't exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I'm not saying that drinking alcohol is the same as exercise, but you can't just reduce it to that. And there is a whole lot of positives around alcohol that... How's this? How's this for below the fold? There we go. This is perfect. This is exactly what we wanted for below the fold. Anyway, yeah. So um, going back to David Henderson's um, thing, look, I, I think it's great. Um, but the luxury that we have in our podcast and on the way that we run the site is we don't have to push anybody's hype-driven agenda. The, the reason I run Brews News the way that I do is that I can ask the questions. 
but is there a use case for it? And, and that's why I asked that question. It was fascinating to see people talk about it, although it was still interesting just when I posed my own question about alcohol-free beer the, the, the week before. Um, you know, everyone told me what beers that they'd enjoyed, not whether, you know, it they was... They would drink it regularly. They, they would drink it regularly. Yeah, and yeah. To, to me, if, if we can see the, the um, craft industry create a product that is alcohol-free, that tastes like beer, that they can make that fits within their business model and people can sit and drink you know look let, let, let's face it drinking 300 kilojoules is much better than drinking you know and drinking you know um you know having 10 beers at 300 kilojoules is arguably better than drinking you know 15 standard drinks in a in, 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 in a setting still not great for you but you know if you exercise and burn off that whatever and that's awesome but I'm the, the question I can't get my head around is: Is there a use case for alcohol outside of people who just want to hide the fact that they're not drinking alcohol? Because I won't sit at home. Oh, and drink. you mean non-alcohol? Right. Okay, I see yeah. what you mean. Mm. But don't want to answer the questions about it, which seems to be the, you know, is the flavour of an alcohol-free beer so good that people drink it? Mm. Speaking of use case, and speaking of marketing, and speaking of hype, and speaking of uh, creating products outside of your uh, core business, t-shirts. <laughs> uh, don't we, get Matt started. Are we going into the t-shirt business? We're going merchy. Well, we I'm, are. Look, it's, it, 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 it's funny, Pete. You know, like you and I kick around these ideas and, you know, again, the things that come out of discussions, I think, oh, that'd be great on a t-shirt. But I honestly can't believe that anybody's going to fork, you know, work for, you know, an hour and a half in their day job to cre- to get the $30 in their in their wallet and then spend it on an idea that I've had. You know, I, I, I still, honestly, that, that, that's like... Is that not what Bruce News is? An idea that you had? That you now make money and, from? And, look, and I can't believe anyone reads it. And, you know, like it's, <laughs> it, you know I'm the worst self-sabotager because I just honestly can't believe... I'm sitting here now cringing that I spent 15 minutes, you know, talking about something that I found interesting. Um, and, and, and that's the way my mind works. But anyway, I had this idea for a T-shirt because it came out and I sort of thought, yeah, I reckon brewers would like this because we're a, in an in industry... Our conceit is that we're an industry podcast. I thought, you know, strip away all the things. Good brewer, good ingredients, good technique, good beer is a subset of that. You know, hype. And a couple of people sort of took me up on hype. You know, hype is great and it exists in the beer world. But if you look at what makes a beer good, hype is external to that. Threw it on a T-shirt. Would anyone buy this? Um, Because we have had requests for it. And how many, Pete, what was the last count of... uh, uh, I've got it here. Uh, 10, it's 20, over 30. 20, over 30, yep. Um, and so, look, if there are 30 people to do it... EOIs, to be fair, they're, they're EOIs at this stage. Oh, no, well, they're, they're, no one's put down their money, but, oh, shit, you know... Because it's, <laughs> it's much more expensive to go and get one because I think it's yeah. an interesting idea or do one for you and I. If I go and do a print run of 50, um, you know, at worst case, I'm stuck with 20, Um but then I don't have to change my shirt for a year um, <laughs> or wash for, for 20 weeks. Um, but yeah, or, buy, so, or buy a chamois when you wash the car. But funnily <laughs> enough, um, and I can't say too much yet. Oh. So, so the order has been made. Um, oh. So, so I've gone off and done it based on the strength of that. I've ordered 100. Um, they Oof. will be offered to our listeners um, through the Facebook group. First of all, um, you know, one of the benefits of all of the value that you give us in your feedback and your um, sponsorship, there'll be a discount for um, the Facebook group uh, to you know put in a code. Um, it's just because we get so much more value. So that's, that's 
Facebook, Radio Bruges News, and well, no, I'll put box. it, I'll, I'll put it on there. So yeah, yeah, I don't want to say it on the podcast. Well, heap because, of people are going to join now. Yeah, well, because <laughs> they want a cheaper T-shirt. Um, but anyway, yeah. So so that, so that was a T-shirt. Um, but funnily enough, then we had people uh, going, oh, you know, you, you did that one. Um, what was it? Hops, Hops and Britain, nobody and hype. hype. Um, and then I've also got the seltzer one that I've uh, had a little bit of fun with. Um, so yeah, so we might actually. Um, <laughs> But there would there yeah so a director shirt model, okay, is that through one of our um, supporters, partners, sponsors, friends? <laughs> Maybe yeah no it was great to, to see so many comments and to Josh Boyle I reckon we can we can spring for postage and send one over to France we don't have to mm. wait wait for him to come absolutely because yeah. it might be a little while I don't know if you've heard Josh but over here there's this thing called COVID and uh, you might not be able to <laughs> international travel may be a thing of the future. There we go. Is that enough for this week? Is it? That's pretty good. We covered it a fair bit. We, we, we kind of, uh, I think we, we had Brewdog preps as a. Did you want to talk about the, oh, the six no. packs? No. Do you think right. a, six packs? A Gab's, six packs? a Gab's Uncle Dan's. Um, uh, oh, mate, that just pack. shows that the whole thing is rigged. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, because like, if you are going to put the most popular beers oh. into a six pack and sell them because they're popular, that just well, shows just a popularity contest. why that it's rigged. <laughs> That's yeah. right. But the other thing, now, now here's, I, I, I didn't want to I add any more. I thought we were up. Here we are, here we are. <laughs> no, 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 you, you go, Pete. I'm sure people would I didn't want any more, but I, my voice I only tell this because, because this has, this has um, throwbacks to, I'll, I'll just read it and say, right, so this is, again, from the, uh, after the, the Gab's Hollis 100. People need to get away from the big sellers, e.g. DMFC, which Dan Murphy's first choice, etc., who seem to sell the mainstream of craft beers. There's plenty more out there to tempt the taste buds. Maybe the voting has more to do with availability than quality. Oh, I know enough. most breweries have funnily their mainstream enough. range, but try some of the limited releases. They will blow your socks off. I'd like to take this person back 10 years, Matt, when all of these people were whinging and pissing and moaning, Dan Murphy's, you can't get craft beer, you can't get craft beers. <laughs> Um, Rory Gibson, who used to write for the Cream Ale, um, good friend of mine, he, you know, five or six years ago. Um, actually, we go back to the story yeah, that I posted. It wasn't that long. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. If he wrote, he was writing in the Cream Ale, um, which was, you know, distributed statewide in Queensland. If he wrote about um, Little Creatures Pale Ale, he would get angry letters from Rockhampton. Going, mate, why don't you write about beers that we can the beer get? that we can actually get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, on, on one hand, let's appreciate how far we've come. Secondly, you know, it's chicken and egg. They are big box retailers. They sell things that move. They're doing real when if you look at the shelves, I'm blown away by some of the beers. And you know what, Sunshine? Go look at the go look at the dates on some of the beers, you know, these limited release beers that you love and you will drive five suburbs to go and get. Um, because you are so enamoured of them. They're and dry in... quickly because it's about to explode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but then if you look at some some of these unique um, beers that are sitting on the shelves of Dan Murphy's, they're not moving because that's not their audience. Um, you know, go back 2004, 2005, I used to drive to Toowoomba, which is two hours west of Brisbane, to go to the Spotted Cow Cellars because that was the only place in Brisbane I was the only place in Queensland mm-hmm. that was selling some of the beers that I wanted to try. I think was that Matt Matt Curry, Matt? Matt Curry, um spotted yeah. and Ian Watson. Ian Watson was a plumber who before there were Facebook forums, you know, was on some of the beer geek. He was a plumber who's now the brewer at Slipstream. Absolute 
and he was on Ale of a Time, amazingly. Um, go, go listen to the, the chat. And in fact, I've got to go listen to it because I really want to hear what somebody else asks him because I have all of these conversations with him. But he, you know, they saw it as a business strategy. Two hours west of Brisbane, beer geeks would drive two hours to do it. Suddenly there are bottle shops. You know, within five minutes' drive, I've got Brewski and Craft, two of my best um, bottle shops. If I'm out in... Rock Lee, I'm not going to find a lot of the craft beers anywhere other than Dan Murphy's. You know why? There is not the same level of demand as there is in inner city Brisbane. Um, so you, you can rail against it all you want. And and that's funnily enough, that's why I posted that story. Um, I, I just found I was researching something else and that just came up in my um, search files. I was reading I think I couldn't even remember who I'd written it for or whatever. But it was eight years old, and it was I was writing about the very first canning line being installed, and saying, mm-hmm. you know what, I reckon there could be something in cans. Yeah, something <laughs> <in there. laughs> if only, if only now I'm going back then, geez, people would listen to your names. Oh, geez, if they'd invested in canning machines instead of brew, <laughs> you'd have a dollar fifty instead of. Thirteen cents. There you go. Yeah. And and I, I posted that because there was the irony of um, I thought it was fascinating how far we've come in such a short time, but yeah. then also there was that nice little uh, discussion that was had. You know, geez, I hate cans. Oh, mate, I agree. You know, and then I love cans. <laughs> what what is there not to love about cans? Well, look, and and it's not you know like it, it it's completely re- owning cans are here. That's not running against them. It's not saying that you know they're not not as good, but you know when I look at you know, the, the, the journey that we've been on, you know what, if I am presenting a beer in a formal occasion, I still feel like I've, I'm wearing shorts and my, you know, an, uh, an ACDC school uniform um, and, you know, not at the grown-ups table when I'm pouring a beer from a can because it just doesn't have the elegance and, you know. Maybe it's the way you're presenting it, Matt. Can you can, no, you can do it, but it still, it just doesn't feel right. And, but... I'll tell you. Part pour of it with reason, your thumb in the punt. Maybe, if, no, maybe that's no, what no, you, look, you need to do. You need to put your thumb I can, in I can the pour bottom. It, I can pour it nicely. I can pour it with a nice head. But when the person goes, oh, from a can, you know, that's reinforcing my negative. Well, maybe type. maybe don't crush the can on your forehead after you've poured it. <laughs> <in the bottle. laughs> yeah, maybe that's maybe that's where <laughs> you're going wrong. Well, or, 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 or have you say it's not your technique. With the two cans and <laughs> straws going, coming yeah. from it. Um, it. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Anyway, on that note, I reckon that is as good a time as any to wind up below the fold. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks very much for just breaking up there, Matt. I feel feel like my my right of free speech is being curbed. (laughs) Thank you again. Because you're cutting me off. Welcome to my world. Uh, thank you very much to Crime Holt. Let's to talk Scar about fabricating. <laughs> to Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging and to Beer Cartel who make this all possible. And, of course, to you, our listeners, uh, whether you're in the Facebook group, whether you're uh, listening on the um, on, on various podcasts. Uh, some beer is a conversation coming up, Matt. Quick plug. Great chat. Sabrina. Um, Sabrina um, from New Zealand uh, Brewers Guild. Um, next week I'm hoping to get out to have an interesting chat with the guys from – um, Hilltop Hops from Brisbane, who have just harvested their hops. In, I did see some pictures. Jocelyn Erickson in the uh, Facebook group uh, sent us some pictures. I think of Hilltop Hoods. There was hops. it there, like their not Hilltop, their hoods. hops. You're, 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 you're just showing your musical taste there, Pete. 
Is that musical? <laughs> um, Thank yeah. you very much to all of our listeners uh, who make this all possible because uh, you're the reason we do it at the end of the day. Um, brewers a little bit as well, but they're, they're listeners as well. Um, Matt, thanks very much. Thank you, Pete. And Claire, thank you very much. Cheers, Pete. How's that for brevity? Enjoy your week. <laughs> Breathe <good>. easy. <laughs> through your masks. Double up if you need to. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. 